Thank you, guys. That was great. All right, I have barely 25 minutes. My name is um, Sam. I'm going to be speaking uh, to you this morning. I am particularly excited about this morning. I always am just because of what God uh, will want to do amongst us. Anything already what God has started doing uh, amongst us. Sorry, the guy's doing the slides. I might, please still put them up, but as always, things might change. I'm really sorry about that, but yeah, still, still do put them up. I do appreciate your hard work, but sometimes uh, the plan just uh, um, changes. I'm going to be continuing our, our series on um, living out the gospel, uh, basically being salt and light. And this morning, my, my focus will be on gospel uh, signs and wonders. And just while uh, preparing my, my talk for this morning, I got particularly excited because as I, as I looked through Scripture, it was quite an intense you know, sitting down and just working through Scripture. As I, I look through Scripture, I see again and again, particularly in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, I see again and again people being healed. Amazing things like, you know, people with shriveled arms ask, being asked to stretch out their arms and healing coming. You know, people who were paralyzed receiving healing. And it was all because Jesus was at work. Again and again and again and again, we see the healing power of God at work. And my desire is that God will bring his church into a season when some of these things become commonplace. How many are, are, are look? I, I am so looking forward to that. You know the reason why I say that? Because there is nowhere in Scripture where God says to us that these things have ended. There is nowhere in Scripture where God says, as regards signs and wonders, they have finished now, and there's no, no room for more. There's nowhere in Scripture. So I know some people teach that, but there's nowhere in Scripture where it says that signs and wonders have ended. On the contrary, we find amazing promises in there of God wanting to come in and heal. But I that particularly with this whole subject of signs and wonders, to just get a healthy balance of healing and signs and wonders, it's very important that we get some good foundations in place. And three things I'd want to highlight on from the very onset as we seek to build on the whole subject of, of signs and wonders and whether they are actually for today, whether we can expect God to come and heal, whether we can expect God to do the miraculous amongst us, whether we can expect God to come in power and change and transform. It's just so vital that we, we put in place the right foundations on which we can stand and then effectively receive from God. So three things I want to share with us from the very onset. The first one being this. The fact that the kingdom of God has come already through the, 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 the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing. The kingdom has come. And so in Matthew chapter 11, uh, John the Baptist, while in prison, he sent some of his disciples to go and ask Jesus, are you the one who, who we should we should, we're expecting? Are you the one who was to come? Jesus turns to John the Baptist's disciples and he says to them, go back and say to John, or, or mention to John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed. So the first thing is that the kingdom of God has come. As Jesus appeared on this scene, he ushered in the kingdom of God. Secondly, the kingdom of God has come 
but it is also not yet here in its fullness, all right? So the kingdom of God has come. So you guys here, you are the kingdom of God. You have come, all right? Guys here in the middle, these two rows, the kingdom of God has come, but not in its fullness. And then the guys here, sometime when Jesus comes again the second time, we will see the kingdom of God in its fullness. So it has come through the first appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, the kingdom is here, but not yet here in its fullness. We will talk a bit about that. And then thirdly, when Jesus Christ comes again the second time, we will see the kingdom in its fullness. So the Apostle John declares in Revelation 11 verse 15, he says, now the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of God. And that was a picture God gave him about ultimately the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think these three things are key if we're going to understand all that God's got for us. Well, the, the other thing I need to mention quickly is that we have a role as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and myself, have a role, and this is our role. Basically, our role is to effectively make the now and the not yet kingdom of God experience more and more of this kingdom that is effectively coming. So we partner with the Holy Spirit, we partner with Jesus himself, and effectively draw in a bit of the future kingdom into the now. Because we want to see his power on display. So we do have a role to play. We want to be those who effectively express the reality of the kingdom of God in the earth. And guess what? Jesus taught his disciples to pray, let your kingdom come. If he wasn't bent on coming in and showing his power, I don't think he would have, he would have expressed that in that prayer. So he said, when you pray, pray, let your kingdom come. So what about signs and wonders? Well, I want to say that they are about a king and his kingdom. Signs and wonders are about a king and his kingdom. They are about the kingdom of God breaking in amongst us. Matthew 4, 23 to 24 says to us about Jesus coming and the fact that when Jesus came, he proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom and he healed every disease and affliction among the people. The Bible says they brought to him all who were sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases, and Jesus healed them all. Luke tells us in Luke chapter 9 about how Jesus called the 12 to himself, and the Bible says he gave them authority and power to heal the sick. That's what Jesus says to them. And then further on, it tells about us about Jesus calling the 72 to himself. And again, it says that Jesus gave them power and authority, and he said to them, go and heal the sick. So we find that ultimately, the, 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 the kingdom is expressed in this way, through signs and wonders. Signs and wonders ultimately are about the kingdom of God breaking in. We find this in many, many, many other verses through Scripture. We find that ultimately the kingdom of God and healing and signs and wonders are linked. So oftentimes when somebody received healing, the Bible or Jesus would often express the kingdom of God has come. So they are linked. There's a link there between the kingdom of God and then signs and wonders. My hope this morning is that I can ultimately, through Scripture, help raise our faith levels again. 
This is not about positive thinking. No. Actually, I want to urge all of you that when you go, please go search the scriptures for yourself. Because prayer should always be based on God's promises. We don't pray in a vacuum. We come to God with his promises and we say, Lord, you promised. And we want to stand on that and effectively see your kingdom breaking amongst us. So I really would urge you, search uh, the scriptures for your, yourself. Secondly, signs and wonders are not just about the kingdom breaking in. They also point to the fact that Jesus is king. It's amazing, isn't it? They point to the fact that Jesus is king. They affirm the fact that he is the Messiah. They affirm the fact that he's the chosen one. They affirm the one that is God's choice for us. God's chosen one. They are meant to be a witness to the world. And the New Testament makes clear about how healing is a sign to the world that the kingdom of God is invading the domain of darkness under Satan's rule. And as Jesus healed, it felt like he was pushing back the kingdom of darkness and ushering in a kingdom of light. It's about God's kingdom invading the kingdom of darkness. I'll give you a good example. You see, when somebody turns and responds to the gospel and asks Jesus into their hearts, they are transformed in here. The old is gone, the new has come. You can actually say in that context that the kingdom has come. Do you know why? Because darkness flees and then light comes. Jesus, through the gospel, pushes back the darkness and light shines in. As we pray the kingdom in, we're doing likewise. Asking that darkness will flee and light will come amongst us as God's people. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says about how Jesus, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. And basically, to attest means to prove or demonstrate something. So how did God prove or demonstrate Jesus? Well, church, by mighty works, signs and wonders. They are also a way of attesting to the message of Jesus, which is the gospel. I need to mention here quickly that signs and wonders are not meant to replace the gospel. Signs and wonders do not save anybody. They point people to Jesus. They do not save. And so signs and wonders should not replace the gospel. We continue to proclaim this gospel, which is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. We do not replace it. However, signs and wonders and the gospel go hand in hand. Many times in Scripture, we find that, that people, people experience signs and wonders, and the Bible says it led them to believe. But they do not replace the gospel. Only the gospel brings salvation to us. A very important question. Can we expect healing today? Will everyone be healed? I've had the joy of... Um, just getting to know a couple of you guys, obviously beyond the Sunday morning. And oftentimes, uh, one of my highlights is uh, traveling um, uh, to, to London once a month with a couple of the guys for the New Ground Academy. And I, I, I love those times because um, they always are good opportunities to just get to know people. And so the last time we were on the academy, we just, uh, because I was preaching on science and wonders, so oftentimes I'd ask questions just to see what people thought. And it was a good way for me to learn as well. So we were talking about healings and just the reality of the fact that 
look, brothers and sisters, God still, God heals today. And in fact, there was one guy in the car who said, God healed my cancer. I thought, praise God for that. He said, God healed me of cancer. Another friend in the car said, actually, there was one time my daughter had scarlet fever. She was covered with all these spots and all that. I asked one of my friends to come and pray for her. This friend comes, prays for her daughter. The following day, all the spots disappeared. Her daughter was up and running. For me, the highlight was speaking to this young lady whom I've gotten to know quite well. And she discovered that I was from, I come to Kings. And she said, you know, some Many years back, the doctor said to me, I could never have children. I came into a meeting there. I haven't asked the person's permission, the person who prayed for this friend. I wouldn't mention names. But she said, that person, she named the person who is here today. She said, that person prayed for me, and today I have two children, an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. Does God heal today? Every time I see this friend, I call her the, I call her a sign and a wonder. It's amazing. The doctor said to her, we, don't get me wrong, we, we, we love, I mean, when our kids are sick, we take them to the hospital. Don't get, I mean, doctors, are, they are a blessing, they are a gift to us. But sometimes, obviously, with all the diagnosis and all that they say to us, nothing can happen. But I believe that sometimes in those opportunities, God still comes through and he does amazing things. I said from the onset about getting a good balance of our, our healing theology. And I think having said that, God still heals today. It's very important to understand that because we still live in this dispensation of the kingdom has come, but not yet in its fullness, there are times when we don't necessarily see the healing. I think we have to get that balance. And so I know that one school of thought would say, Jesus won our healing for us on the cross, so basically you just walk in faith and then claim it, which is great if God says that to you on a particular occasion. But I, I don't think I fully agree with that because sometimes you pray for people and the pain is still there. You pray for my arm and it's still hurting. I am still in terrible pain. And then I'm jumping and saying I'm healed. and no, It hasn't yet come. And I think that it's okay to say, Healing hasn't yet come. Could you pray again? But I struggle when we teach or say to people, it has happened, just walk in it and claim it. Like I'm saying, if God says that specifically to you, praise the Lord. But I don't think that scripture necessarily teaches that. I feel the balance the Bible gives us is the fact that, yes, Jesus Christ on the cross didn't just take our sin and our shame, but on the cross, Jesus took our sicknesses as well. Isaiah declares that in Isaiah 53, he took our infirmities, our diseases. However, because we still live in this dispensation of God's kingdom, not having come in its fullness, we do not always see the healing we want. So the truth of the matter is that there will be times when we pray for people and we do not see them healed, and they actually go on and die. And I think that as, as believers, as Christians, we should have that balance. However, we also know that Jesus has said to us, pray, let your kingdom come. So Sam is not saying this morning that because sometimes we pray and people will not be healed, we therefore stop praying. I think for me, it makes me want to pray more. 
but also at the back of my mind, I know that in order to have a balanced theology, a healthy theology about healing and signs and wonders, I am open to the fact that because God's kingdom has not yet come in its fullness, there will be times when healing will not come. But we, we know that God's kingdom is not just about my healing. God's kingdom is not just about your healing. God's kingdom is bigger and greater than any one person. God's kingdom is about the power of God being, many, being made manifest in the earth today. It is bigger than any one person. And so even when we do not see healing in a particular situation, it doesn't mean that God doesn't heal. For me, I still want to take God at his promise, and I want to cry out and say, Father, I trust that you can still do more. You see, our Christian work has got to move from this thing of fast food to actually going to the market, buying the ingredients, and coming to prepare a proper meal. Christian faith is not about turning on the microwave and sticking something in there, and then bam, it happens. No. There are times when you have to wait and trust God for 30 odd years. There are times when instantly God comes through. There are times when you have to wait five, six years. There are times when in the moment, bam, you pray and it happens. But we need to get that balance. It is not fast food. I follow Natalie on Twitter and she either liked or retweeted something. And, and the lady basically said, after 10 years of praying for my husband, he is now saved. Not one week, 10 years. Sometimes God says 15 years. Sometimes God says 40. I had an amazing story about this guy who had been praying for his friend to, to basically get saved. Eventually, I mean, he prayed many, 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 many years. Eventually, he kind of like passed on the heddle to friends to pray. And actually, his friend didn't get saved until the day he was actually being buried. So he'd been praying for like 50 or 60 odd years. It was the day he died and was being buried that his friend actually responded to the gospel. And it's the same like that for healing. So sometimes we will see God come through, other times not. I just will jump quickly to some practical bits because I'm afraid I can't do everything. Um, sorry about that. But just some, some practical uh, bits. There's a story in Acts chapter 3. Uh, we could just turn to that quickly. Acts chapter 3. It is an unusual morning. I love, I love it when it goes like this. It doesn't always have to be uh, the same. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. Uh, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, asked at John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. An amazing story of healing or a sign um, and a wonder uh, coming through. And to just say uh, just a few insights with us, and then I'll just touch on some, uh, some practical. I can't even find my notes now. I'm so disorganized. 
Um, uh, just touch on a few things quickly, and then I will, and then I've, I've said this more than five times now, and then I'll finish off. Um, but in this story, we, we find um, a Peter and John heading to the temple, and the Bible says to us that at the same time as they got there, this man who'd been lame uh, from birth was actually transported there as well. And he basically asks them for money. Uh, and he was expecting that, you know, he would get some money from them. But in that, in that moment, uh, Peter tends to this uh, lame beggar and then actually says, look, uh, what are you asking of me now? I don't, have, I don't have silver or gold. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. It will not be everybody's experience. How I so long for moments when I would walk along the Hastings seafront and I just would do, it would not happen like that for everybody. I'm certain that God might well use some of us. You know, and I, I long for moments like that. But beyond that, we can still in faith reach out and trust that God will heal. So basically, Peter sees this man. He says to him, we don't have silver or gold, but what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up. And the Bible says Peter helps him by the right hand and then raises him up. I believe that that act of him just helping him with the right hand. Peter, he'd been with Jesus, and he had seen Jesus do that to Jairus' daughter. So in that moment of Jesus saying to, you know, holding Jairus' daughter's hand and asking her to rise, he had learned something from there. And so he says, he takes him by the and then, you know, gets him to stand. He also says to him, what we have. We give you. And I believe that Peter had the promises of God for healing. Peter had the spirit of God in him. Peter had the power of God present with him to heal. And I think all of us here who are children of God, we have the promises of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the power of God. We can likewise reach out and bring healing to the world around us. Some practical things to finish off. What stops us from seeing signs and wonders? Well, oftentimes our actions are controlled by our thoughts, which we are not really conscious of. But you see, bringing these thoughts into the open can really help us. God wouldn't want to work through me, sometimes we say. But Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians 12 about the fact that he says about spiritual gifts in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, he says about spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. And then he goes on in 8 to 10 and then he lays out some of the spiritual gifts and healings, miracles and signs and wonders are in there. And so those of us who say, well, I don't think God will use me, I want to say to you, actually, you can desire these gifts and ask God. It's a gift. We don't work for it. God doesn't give these gifts to just the pastors or people who are on mission. No, they are gifts for anyone who would ask him. So you should never feel like God will not, God will only use certain, no, God can choose to use anybody. And I, I do love that, that God doesn't look at external things. He comes and he says, it's a gift, and I'll give to this one and that one and this one and that one. So please do not discount yourself. They are gifts. You can desire them. Um, also, the big question of what if it doesn't happen? Wouldn't people think that I'm silly? Of course they would. Of course they will. But you see, 
I think that there comes a point where you go beyond people who think you are silly. You come on the back of, this is a promise from God. I'm going to stand on it and I will pray in faith. Sometimes it will happen. Other times it won't. Oftentimes I reassure the person and pray. I say to them, I do not do the healing. We're going to trust. This is what God's promises. God is the one who does. Basically saying, so it's not my responsibility. No, that's not the idea. But I, I help them see that I do not heal anybody. God does that. And times when it hasn't happened, I just encourage them. The exciting thing you know is that even when it doesn't happen, the people are grateful that you pray for them. People are always grateful. People always love prayer. So you should never think that they will think you are, you are silly um, or anything. Uh, finally, it's, it's also just important, the whole idea of faith. I didn't place too much emphasis on faith because there are instances in the Bible where people received healing without faith. And I think that sometimes people can blow this up to become the faith of the person and all that. Great. But ultimately, our faith should be in God and his promises. That's all I'll say about faith. Not in the person doing the healing. I mean, the lame beggar didn't have any faith. He, he expected money. But healing still came anyway. So faith in God and what God can do and God's promises. And then finally, how to move in the miraculous. Well, sometimes we can command things to leave. Other times we can pray for the sick. I think both are fine. Sometimes you command, sometimes you pray. Uh, just be ultimately aware of what you're praying for and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you as you pray for more insight. Just let's be aware. Jesus said, when you pray, pray, let your kingdom come. I'm looking forward to us being brought into a season when God moves in power. God brings healing, not just in here amongst us, but out there in our workplaces, on the streets, on the buses. The kingdom of God has come. It is not, we're not just in this dispensation of here, but not yet here. I believe that the kingdom of God is also advancing. And guess what? Violent men and women lay hold of it and they bring God's kingdom in. God richly bless you. I think I'll stop here and hand over back to Paul. Thank you, guys.